our laws as it pertains to substances are draconian and bizarre. The psychopaths start this way. He was an alcoholic. Because of social media and pornography, PTSD, love addiction, fentanyl and heroin, ridiculous I'm a, I'm a doctor for sake. Where the hell you think I learned that? Saying. You go to treatment before you kill people. I am a clinician. I observe things about these chemicals. Let's just deal with what's real. We used to get these calls on Loveline all the time. Educate adolescents and to prevent and to treat. You have trouble. You can't stop and you want to help stop it. I can help. I got a lot to say. I got a lot more to say. Hey, everyone. Welcome. Appreciate you all being here. I see you all on the restream. Yes, Andrew Ashkazvili. We are a little early today. I've got, uh, I gave a lecture this morning at a place called Wilkes University, and I've got some stuff coming in in the afternoon I got to get to. And so Susan said, I don't know, one o'clock, one thirty, whatever you please. And uh, Caleb is kindly here today. Get on the mic, Caleb. People have never really heard I'm from here. you. Yeah. Caleb yeah. is uh, moving to Alabama yep. tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, on Monday, but Monday. we don't have any belongings left in California. So, oh my God. <laughs> this is my last day in the studio here. Caleb is much the brains behind everything you see. Uh, even though you talk to Susan and she runs things sometimes, Caleb is the uh, brains. And he's also at the, the webmaster. And he's there if you guys ever need to talk to the person who's running things that's the person who's running stuff so that's me um that's i'll him. still be around i'm going to be running stuff remotely once we get it's there a, so. it's a new era everybody you don't have to be in the same room it doesn't matter it just doesn't <laughs> matter so i'm good with that and if when it comes to leaving california deeply sympathetic deeply <laughs> sympathetic to anyone that wants to run out of california uh i don't know how you guys are all feeling uh I, i'm trying to look at who's on the stre the th stream right now and our new place that we're moving to is it's bigger it's brand new and the rent is less than half of what it costs to be in Los Angeles. Of course, of course. And you have safety and your place mm -hmm. for your... Can we talk about what, what else is going to change your yeah. life in a few months? Baby coming up. Ba can, Baby due in July. Talk yeah. about major stress. Young people, Caleb's relatively young. He doesn't understand. They don't understand <laughs> what stress is. They don't really yeah. realize that moving is stressful, children are stressful. Oh, yeah. And they it's pile stuff on. Ah, Shell Nailhep uh, brings up Caitlyn Jenner. Uh, what do you think about Andrew's asking about it too? What do you guys think about Caitlyn Jenner? Uh, I think it's great. I, I am all for it. I, I am so for it. I mean, think about this. I, I don't know if I'm going to vote for her or not, but the idea that an Olympic champion, somebody with uh, has run businesses and been successful and has an interesting life experience, and is taking on the nonsense in California. I don't know what her policies are yet, but I'm all for it. I don't know what you guys think. Uh, what what do you guys feel about it? But you guys, most of you guys are not. Yeah, they're saying move to Texas. Most of you are not from California. So you don't have any. You don't have any skin in the game, as it were. You don't feel that strongly about it. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, felon. Okay, Fel Fallon. Felon. Felon. It certainly is backwards, shell. I got to tell you, uh, she spelled her name backwards as a. Um, as her uh, YouTube handle. Uh, Andrew is going to write me in in place of Caitlyn Jenner, which I appreciate. But uh, after the nonsense I've been dealing with lately, just trying to get out and help on the homeless thing, it, I, I'm not sure this is the time. I don't know this is the time. If you're, if you're well-intentioned and you have some interesting ideas and you want to help out, this state will have nothing to do with you. They will have nothing to do with you. They are not interested in its citizens being citizens and participating uh they're interested in their citizens being mules that carry the state on its back that's clearly what they're all about and anything that improves the quality of life for people on the streets people who live near the people on the streets whatever it might be absolutely no way they will have nothing to do with it 
And you guys on the stream, maybe I'll do. Well, I'm going to go out on uh, Clubhouse in just a few minutes and take some calls. I'm not there yet, so give me a minute. Uh, but I don't understand the what the one thing I'm finding is so astonishing is the lack of collaboration. I mean, why can't people collaborate? I I have no problem be having different ideas than other people. And in fact, I want people to have different ideas. I want to hear about them so I can update my priors and really focus and refine my notions. I, I want other ideas. I might be missing something. I am I am delighted with that. Uh, that was why I wanted to be on the committee. I wanted to see what they were doing and see if I understood what it was and see, see what I could learn. And uh, no, they can't tolerate that. I, I don't know if it's because I'm a clinician or what. Uh, they first misrepresented all of my credentials completely. Um, but uh, it's just such an extraordinary thing that people can't collaborate today. I, I have tried everyone that is um, attacks me, particularly people that I should be agreeing with or have our um, uh, professional colleagues. I call, I look them up, and I send an email or call every single one of them, and not one will come to the phone. You guys tell me why that is. Why will not some of them will send emails back and forth and then refuse to call? I, what do you think that is? I, I have a theory. Uh, what do you guys think that is? I'm, I'm watching the restream. Uh, oh, huh. Shell, what I, 15 years ago, you we posted a link. Was that on the love line or something? Uh, Molly lived in California, glad she's out. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so what do we think it is? Um, Josh, maybe we'll talk about it on the on the phone in. Sold out UFC fight tomorrow. <laughs> Good, Andrew. Well done. Uh, all right. Uh, I think you guys are slow to slow to the uh, keyboard. So I will uh, hang on one second. Mm. All right. I have a bunch of phone calls to make when we finish out today. Uh, all right, let me see if you guys come up to the keyboard here. Uh, it wasn't Loveline Shell says, but a question, nothing to do with anything, but you took time to talk to me anyways. Well, I'm happy. To, I'm all, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to help, Shell, so I'm glad it helped. Um, discuss rational thought, treat as a human instead of as an issue. That's what it would take for, yes, that's what it takes for them to come to the phone, but why wouldn't they come to the phone? You know, they want to be in the news looking for headlines. That's true, but they can continue to do that, Steve, and they don't have to. Just coming to the phone doesn't mean they can't continue to on the course they're on. Why not come to the phone? Um, can do says I'm not a politician and that terrifies them. But think about that fear. What, what is at the core of that fear? Uh, Kelly Gallagher, what I said was I, I, when people attack me on, uh, internet and, and by the way, Kelly, thank you for standing up to me. Uh, I think it was just this morning. Uh, I, I try to find all these people. I send them emails and I call them. Uh, and, particularly when they're colleagues and I have alignment, I like I agree with them, or they have a point of view, I'd like to hear about it. I, I can be collaborative and collegial. So I call I call these people and I send them emails. Some send emails back and forth. Not one will come to the phone. And so my question was, why not? Why won't they come to the phone? Uh, they know I would call things out. I don't really want to. That's really not my intention. I'd, I'd much rather hear what they have to say, frankly. Uh, it's easy to bash on Twitter, but they don't accept responsibility for their actions. Ilana, you're in the right zone there, I think. I think that's right. Uh, so what does that mean? Why wouldn't you want to take responsibility for your actions? What's the emotional? Um, 
Oh, that's interesting, Andrew Oshkosvili tells us the Johnson & Johnson vaccine is coming back online with new wording and warnings. Uh, my own opinion about that vaccine is it's a lot more subclinical stuff going on than we know. Uh, and so we will see some breakthrough clinically relevant reactions, but I, I took the vaccine. I still think it's a good vaccine. Uh, drastic measures to get rid of sc scabies, uh, giving up. Uh, no, 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 no. Oh, you take premethrin and ivermectin. Maybe you don't have uh, scabies. Uh, so I would uh, worry about that. Most people will not take responsibility for their actions, but what do they feel when they take that responsibility is what I'm going at. What's the motivational state that prevents them from getting on the phone? Uh, because the country is a bureaucracy, yeah. Do I do vision boards? I do not, but my son does, and it sometimes helps me to look at what he's doing. Uh, here's my theory. You ready? <clears throat> you want me to let, let you guys have some more guesses, or shall I provide my, my thoughts on this? I think, now, there's a book, uh, I don't have it here right now, it's called How We Change, I think, uh, by a business school behavior specialist from Penn, University of Pennsylvania. Um... Oh, boy, you guys are asking me questions I have to answer at some point. I will, Mark and Alberta. Um, let me just say that she said she had some uh, fMRI data that showed that when people act out on people on Twitter and whatnot, the part of their brain, the prefrontal premortal premor premotor cortex, I'm, I think that's what it's called, the part where we sort of identify humanness in other people, turns off. And this other part of the brain associated with looking at or relating with objects turns on. So when you're relating to people on Twitter and attacking them and whatnot, you, they're the same as a bottle of water. They're nothing. They're not human beings. That whole perceptual process shuts down and they're objects and you feel perfectly at your leisure to, to attack a bottle of water. I've always said what I have had a deep uh, sort of understanding of was that they, they treat us like cartoon characters you suddenly become a cartoon character. You're not a person, you're a cartoon. And guess what happens when you get on the phone? You become a person. And when they have to come to grips with the way they've been behaving and treating another human, that exposes them to shame and guilt. And the kind of person that uses that kind of projection and aggression is highly shame avoidant. So the idea of being guilty or ashamed of what they've done is a non-starter. That's why they won't come to the phone. So there you go. Um, so, uh, Tanya, what have you sent me here? Interesting psychology day reading. Cancel culture, accountability, or bullying? Well, of course it's bullying. Of course it is. I mean, straight up bullying. Uh, we, we can't, I mean, it's, how is that accountability? I mean, there, there's no due process in it. It's just straight up bullying. Uh, so let me just say uh, that somebody asked about why I took the vaccine even though I had antibodies and I have been getting my additive score done regularly and I do have very high levels of antibodies, but we are going to go to Greece in the, this summer. And in order to get on the plane, I have to have taken the vaccine. So an opportunity for J&J &J came up, so I just took it. I just got it done. And I had exactly what I expected, a terrible reaction. I was sick for three days and I knew I would. And that's why I chose Johnson & Johnson. I don't want to be sick twice from two different vaccines. And I had spontaneous bruising and all kinds of horrible things that were associated with the more dreadful reactions of the, of the um, vaccine. But as a male with a 0.00009% chance of a serious reaction, I didn't worry about it. I thought, huh, these are probably subclinical reactions. I had to stop my aspirin therapy and just, um, you know, see, see what goes. And I felt fine. Uh, okay. 
Uh, the India strain, Tony, uh, my understanding is it is very uh, well protective against the India, the so-called double mutant. Uh, one of the mutants is a non-issue, and the other issue, and this is, again, this is sketchy data, so I can't say this with any definitiveness, uh, and the second mutation on the E484K region of the spike protein, a little bit problematic, but not bad. Uh, how is it? How is he difficult to communicate with? Jen is asking me. How is he difficult? Me, I'm difficult. Uh, what is going to happen when someone gets something like cold or uh, random virus? It's not feasible for people to stay home for two weeks whenever they are sick. Um, correct. Although working from home is a, certainly a common thing these days, uh, people will be more likely, I think, to respond to colds. But colds are three to five days. Okay, so it's not going to be two weeks. Uh, and if it is, that's something different. Did I take anticoagulants? Uh, no, because Denise, Denise, the fund, the underlying, you're right, the underlying issue with the um, with the vaccine is platelet aggregation, right? Platelet aggregation, but the dreaded complication is bleeding. So the platelet, uh, the platelet aggregation, I just had a CBC a couple of days ago and my platelets are fine, so whatever. I'm not going to worry about it. Uh, let's see. Why can't an antibody test be used for a passport? Because, Mark, in Alberta, they are not using it. It's it, The people who are COVID recovering patients that are in that 30% category of persistent antibody response are being discriminated against. Make no make no mistake about it. We are, we are more protected than anybody, and there's nothing we can do with that protection. Susan, are you coming to the mic about something? Mm -hmm. Go ahead. What's up? Not yet. There's a lot of there's a lot of how dare yous and stuff going on. I, Jen, I'm not quite following what's going on there. Maybe you guys can tell me what's happening. Uh, hang on, we'll get Susan a mic in a second. Uh, Jen is coming to my aid again. I don't know why or how or who, what she's coming to my aid about, but I appreciate it. Uh, lisinopril causing a dry cough years after starting it. Tony, some kind of unusual. I agree. Maybe if you change the dose or something, but sometimes it will come on a bit later. It can. Susan, what's up? Well, I, I'm putting on my travel agent hat. Um, so uh, I did read somewhere that some destinations will allow you to show your proof of having COVID yeah. within a certain period of time. Right. Maybe, but it's not, you know, you don't know for it's sure. It's a risky thing. They right. also they, don't check it before you get on the plane. Right. They check it after you get off well, and, the plane. And also the airlines require the vaccine to get on the plane. No. They no. They don't know. After okay. you get to your destination, they require it at TSA. So if you didn't have the right paperwork and you flew nine hours, you get off the plane. Yeah. Hello. You're gonna be. I go Serbia. You're but it be might like be fine. Day fiance. You know, some countries are, <laughs> it might be easier. You never know. I not understand. They put me in. I can't hear. Oh, I was oh. being uh, one of the 90 Day Fiance um, stories. Cough is a common side effect of ACE inhibitors. Yes, can be very bothersome. Indeed, it can. Sometimes non-steroidal anti-inflammatories help it a little bit, by the way. Uh, but once you're on it, I would switch to an ARB, which is uh, the the other system in the angiotensin, angiotensin uh, cascade that will lower blood pressure. And the ARBs are really well tolerated. I've been on an ARB for years. Uh, that's why how dare you means her. Obviously not you. I'm, I know. It's all good. Uh, mm. Mm. 
What was that? I don't, I'm just trying means. to read these things. Sorry if my questions get you banned from YouTube again. That's really funny. That's really funny because I got banned from YouTube a couple of months ago for talking about being having immunity after having had COVID. Well, we don't know if that, that's for that sure. That was the only violation I could find. YouTube won't uh, tell you. You've, of course, doesn't tell you what, what violation you made, uh, which, of course, is... Uh, Sorry, I'm late to the party. <clears throat> Do I have any favorite great courses that I can recommend? Stephen, I consumed for so many years so many of the great courses before you all found out about it. <laughs> uh, I uh, I like the the psychology, all the philosophy ones. All the philosophy ones really were my intro course into philosophy because I got a little bit of that in college, but I wanted to pursue it more as an adult. Um, so the the um, all the philosophy stuff, This um, there's a guy named mm, Anderson? Robinson has some very colorful lectures he gives. I did the Egyptology lectures. I did the Greek. I didn't know anything about that stuff, so I learned quite a bit about it. So I was uh, way deep. Oh, it's a great I know, great lecture series. Is Lincoln in his words. They, this one guy analyzes all of Lincoln's public speeches. Fantastic. A guy from Gettysburg College. Lincoln in his words, I think it's called. It was like listening to scripture. It was amazing what that guy did with it. All right, so Kelly, I see you. Does my son need the vaccine or not because he had it? Does your son, who, your son, I'm not sure who that is. Had COVID. But who's your son? Who, what, what are we talking? Oh, my son. Uh, so he doesn't want it. Is Jordan taking the vaccine? He's going to wait and a little longer. Yeah, long our other son has had the first one uh, and he's been sick for four days with it. But no, I don't think so. I think he just has a cold. It's hard to tell. Because right. his girlfriend has a cold too. Mm-hmm. Um, but he said he thinks that maybe it made the cold worse because he's got like a bad headache and stuff. What to do about flying and travel after having had Guillain-Barre unable to vaccinate? Uh, Llewellyn, uh, listen, I would go talk to your doctor about if there's a possibility you could take one of the vaccines or at least one of the mRNA vaccines. Um, obviously, it's the usual measures to reduce risk. Uh, and if you're going to endemic areas, like if you're going to a country that's having an outbreak, that's a pretty serious issue. COVID long hauler here. Should I get vaccinated? Caroline Renee. There are, do you guys talk to your doctor about that? But I will tell you two things, three things. Uh, I hope you're being seen by Dr. Yo and Dr. Patterson, number one. Number two, uh, vaccines have been shown to increase, uh, improve long hauler symptoms. I did not find that at all. In fact, I had a recurrence of some long hauler symptoms. And three, you should be looking at fluvox, fluvoxamine if you have a long hauler. I'm, I'm pretty sold on that as a decent intervention. Uh, Mark and Albert, I believe you can get donate blood, but I'm not sure how long after the vaccine you can. All right, let me uh, head over to Clubhouse. I'm going to get that going right now. Uh, you guys are asking lots of good stuff. Give me a minute to pull it up and get it going. All right, we will start a room now. Here we go. So I am there uh, at the microphone, uh, ready to take your calls if you want. Remember to raise your hand if you go over there. Oxford study said Pfizer shots cause as many blood clots as AstraZeneca J&J. &J. Yeah, um, Gatsby, I'd seen studies like that. And uh, I think it's very interesting. I think blaming it on the blaming it on the adenovirus vector, I think, is weird because uh, I it's something that I suspect we're going to also have seen actually in COVID. And so I it's got to be something about that spike protein. Now, don't know yet, but we'll we'll see. We will see. Uh, Ashkaz Vili wants to know any any uh, news on Z Dog or Dr. J. Still alive? No, no, no. Is uh, he willing Still to come? Alive. Is he willing to come on the show? Oh, I'm sure. Could you do me a favor, Drew? Yes. On the clubhouse. Yeah. When you when you're gonna do a show like 
I mean, the only two people on there right now is me and Caleb. Mm -hmm. You have to have some kind of a blurb about what you're doing and what's coming. And because just random, you know, it's it's not. So Mark is on fluvoxamine. Can you change it Uh, while you're? No, they'll come. Don't worry. I, Mark is on fluvoxamine, and uh, <laughs> okay. he did not have a very, very significant response. Yeah, I, I, I can't. You know, like any treatment, I'm sure it's not for everybody. I had a significant response right, right away. My ringing, my ears went away, and I felt stronger every day after that. Thank you, Anne from Denmark. Um, uh, Prozac, uh, Mark in Alberta. Prozac also has similar effects, just not as powerful as fluvoxamine. So uh, that's interesting. That's interesting. Your doctor's willing to do that. Again, if you want to come up to the uh, microphone uh, here, raise your phone, uh, raise your hand, and I will bring you back up. Uh, let's see. Oh, I've got a poor connection again. Tanya's so here. Give me a minute to get my connection hey, improved. Ilona's here. I know. I, I see them all. Okay, I've got better connection. So hopefully I can see you guys if you raise your hand. Uh <laughs> Andrush Kazvili wants to know if you're going to be a fortune teller for, for, <laughs> for him. Right, Josh, well, raise your hand. You said you wanted to ask something. I can always have Rebecca Fearing show up and just start giving psychic readings. No, thank you. you. <laughs> Not right now. Not right now. Uh, do I spam or will you eventually get to my question? I didn't see it, Borderline. I'm sorry. Why don't you give it to me again because I didn't see it. Uh, if I go back up the thread... Um, I don't see you anywhere in the thread asking me a question. So to begin spamming, I may not see it either. So um, borderline carnivore. So you may want to ask your question. I don't think you push send. What happened to the flu this year? I'm gonna, I believe that we're going to find out that flu was actually sort of pushed out by COVID. In other words, I bet there's an ecological component to viruses in the environment. And that people want to say it's the masks and all that. I, I don't know. I don't know that masks, that flus really respond to the masks. Then they also want to say that it was the people got flu vaccine. Um, and I, I'm not sure that's really a significant change. I think it was the really takeover of the, of the environment by one virus. And it makes sense to me that they would be competitive in some way. Uh, Miss Dunn, uh, we, I have talked to Gabor Mate many times, and he is scheduled, but he can't do it until the fall. So he will be with <laughs> us in September. Uh, but he is well, a friend, uh, we have, we and I admire, I've always admired his work, and I, I don't know why the homeless advocates think he has got something. Um, he's writing a book. You so need to say, yeah. He's super busy right now. Um, borderline carnivores on a school issue laptop. Well, you still haven't sent me your question. I'm ready to take your question. Uh, let's see. Yeah, right. Uh, all right. Uh, I'm going to look away from the restream now, so I may not see your questions since you guys haven't uh, issued them. And we're going to get Josh up uh, to the microphone. Uh, hey, Doctor. Hey, Josh. What's up? What's up? Um, not much. You know, I had some thoughts about your your problem with the committee, this homelessness committee, which clearly you're overqualified for, mm-hmm. but. I just finished up recording a podcast that has something to do with this concept of like othering, mm-hmm. which also has to do, and I tied it into habitual behaviors like addiction mm-hmm. and also the psychoanalytic transference. And so in that context, I propose a, you know, a, a, an idea about what's happening to you. And, and I think sometimes what happens is, is that people aren't aware of 
how they're doing. Mm -hmm. And they aren't aware of how they're doing in relationship to someone else, especially a a character like Dr. Drew, who's very well known. It's it's kind of like a projection. Yep, it is a it is a projection. Right. So what I was saying in my podcast today that's out, uh, it's called Modern World Zen. It's Mm -hmm. out on, you know, Spotify and, and iTunes. But what I was saying is that especially when it comes to addiction, the addictive brain, mm. and this is the extreme case. I, okay. I was talking more about habitual case, but the extreme case of addiction is the habitual brain mm-hmm. doesn't allow the person to actually view the person in the correct light. Correct. That is true. They project their own unconscious, very unless they're in 12 step, it's right. going to be an unconscious Their, their negativity. Projection. The, the, yes. the negativity, yes. And that is absolutely just, true. Just that does happen. Weakness. Just their weakness of, I, I'm not saying that these the people that rejected you are like that. I'm just saying that the weakness of the habituation itself causes one not to see reality clearly. True. And you've said it many times. That's true. I just said it in a different but, way. But it happens. But I think the case you're making, which is accurate, that that negativity, that projection of negativity, goes on even when people stop using. And 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 so, you know the people in the twelve step community will call it a problem with the their, the problem with the spirit. They will call it. They will just sort of generally put it under that category. You, you know it when you see it problem with the spirit and that definitely is going on here and i think it's the same thing with homelessness too it makes it very difficult to treat people because the people will say no they'll say no without even thinking Mm -hmm. and it it will Mm -hmm. feel like the greatest response they ever had they Mm -hmm. will feel victorious with their rejection of help yeah that that yes you're absolutely correct on that front And, and there's a similar feeling just uh acting out upon other people yeah, so I'm going to tie it into what's happening to you. Okay, go ahead. I'd like. Well, I think that's exactly what's happening to you because mm-hmm. clearly you're overqualified. So you're almost the ideal. Let's just call it what it is. You're the ideal person for the job. Okay. Not 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 the person who's you know just finishing up his training. Right. You know? So right. Okay. So in that context, you take on this ideal position. Mm-hmm. The the projection comes. It's very sneaky. But if people are entirely, entirely, absolutely aware of what they're doing in their own psychological life, probably has to be in treatment, but I wouldn't say so for everybody, they will project onto you, yeah. period. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think yeah. that's correct. And and there's two sort of, thanks, Josh, there's sort of two versions of that projection, right? There is, there is just projecting their own horrible feelings on me they're saying i'm i'm those are your feelings not mine when in fact they're actually their feelings of of aggression and that sort of thing they're your you know you're all these things that that uh they want to push off of themselves or they get involved in something called projective identification where whatever horrible feelings they're disavowing they have to make me feel they have to get me to actually actually feel those feelings and that is projective identification and it's a very unpleasant to be around. Very, very, very unpleasant to be around. Uh, let's get a line here. Uh-oh. There you are. You're there you up. Are. Hey, Dr. Drew. Hey there. Thanks for... Hello. Um, so my thought process in this whole thing, it's almost like a bullying mentality. Mm. Well, not like is. Um, and it just seems that people don't want to focus on their own unhappiness, so it's easier to focus on... Right you know, yes. sending the hate your way mm-hmm. when in fact they would have to focus on what's bothering them. And that's the whole thing of, 
you know, accepting responsibility for their actions, which is why they don't want to um, talk to you. Well, but but I would say, again, as I was explaining a few minutes ago, I, I think there's a personality issue too, right? If you have all that mm -hmm. un unregulated aggression and you and you locate then all your, the negativity out there and not in you, mm -hmm. we, we call that a personality disorder. And people with personality disorders are highly shame avoidant. And, yes. and they don't like guilt either. And so having to contend with a real person instead of a cartoon object or just an object exposes them potentially to shame, even though the reality is I wouldn't do that to them. I, I wouldn't expose them to the shame. Right. I would just expose them to being a person trying to collaborate. And that might even be more disturbing to them. Well, do you think that there's more undiagnosed personality disorders out there due to it, trauma? It's a it's a great question, and I was you know Shelly from Celebrity Rehab. Yes, she and I were talking yesterday, and uh, she thinks it's 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 out of control that way. And mm -hmm. she she was saying, you know, I remember, you know, I keep she said I keep thinking what it's like when somebody with a personality disorder is loose in a family. The whole family starts adjusting to attend to the personality disorder, and she goes, that's the whole country right now. It's trying mm -hmm. to it's trying to manage these personality disorders that are acting out and uh, being so unpleasant, and that kind of was an interesting model. That's her model of what's going on right now, and I would agree with you. Trauma is one of the big things that um, you know, big, big things that's a set up personality disorders, as we know well. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's rough. It's rough. And uh, how much do we? How do you go get along with that? Is really the question. Yeah. Well, and that's, yeah, that's the, the big thing is how do you manage that to interact with people like that? I have no problem with interacting with them uh, in, in person. It's just that mm -hmm. when you give them a guillotine uh, and and a megaphone and they treat you like an object, that's going to be problematic. That's going to be problematic. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Uh, this is, let me read. Some of us are just too smart to deal with idiots. Uh, Drew is educated, but not the least bit intelligent. Huh. All right, Jesse. Very interesting. Yeah. Uh, do I think it's worth the risk of an otherwise healthy woman to get a COVID vaccine when all of them apparently are causing clots? Uh, they are all not all causing clots. The risk of a clot from the one that is predominantly causing clinically relevant clots is 0. 0.00009%. Uh, and I took that vaccine myself. And if we're a female, I would have taken it as well. Uh, so uh, let's see what else you guys have here. There's another hand up. Uh, Jeff, I'm going to call you up. Hey, Jeff, what's going on there? Uh, hello. How are you doing? I'm good. You? I'm doing fine. Excellent. So um, are I, I, you know, I don't know the latest of what you're doing today. I know that. Um, you used to have a TV show a long, long, long time ago, and I'm not sure if you're currently seeing patients or, or not, but um, yeah, I was just curious because I heard your comment about the vaccine and, and that you got it and you recommend it and all that. Um, I was just curious if you could update me, that'd be great. So uh, do you need to hear all my credentials? Is that what you're asking for? What? No, I, I what don't mean doing. your credentials. I'm, I'm just curious what if you're, you're still seeing. I'm seeing patients. I'm seeing patients. Yes, and yes, yes, I'm seeing patients. Treated okay. a lot of treated All a right. lot of COVID. Had COVID myself. And, okay. Yes. Uh, and I interview and keep up with uh, 
people in the virological community on a regular basis. So I'm updated and read the literature as it pours out. And it's again clear to me that the that there is something going on subclinically, uh, and that we will see more clinical relevant breakthrough clotting of some type or another. Uh, I think that will happen. But I'm also convinced that the same. I, I'm. I now, there's no data for this yet, so I have really no business saying this. But my instinct is, and I could well be wrong, is that it really isn't the adenovirus vector that's causing the clotting. It is something about this spike protein. Uh, I believe that's uh, you know it's very similar to what's going on to people when they have COVID. Uh, people that get COVID that have antiphospholipid syndrome do particularly poorly, and they do it because of platelet aggregation and endothelial activation. And that's the phenomenon that's going on with the vaccines as well. So it's going on on a very low-level basis, and for the most part, it has no clinical relevance. Um, I'm guessing we'll learn more as we go along here, but that the risk of similar phenomenon are probably greater from COVID than from the vaccine. But don't know yet. Just don't know yet. So I'm I'm speaking out of school a little bit, but that's sort of my theory about the hypothesis about that at this point. So can I ask then? Do you actually consider this to be um, similar to a vaccine? You're calling it a vaccine. Are you just calling it that way because others are calling it that, or do you consider it to be a typical run-of-the-mill vaccine? The adenovirus vectors are pretty typical run-of-the-mill vaccines. The mRNA vaccines is a new technology. The adenovirus is the same as the flu vaccine, it, using DNA to produce the spike protein. It's very, very similar. Uh, very, very similar to how we produce the flu virus. Is there something you take issue with with that? Well, I consider both of them um, experimental gene therapies that do change your DNA, how? not directly, how? not directly, but indirectly how? with the spike protein. How? The spike protein goes in and changes the DNA. How? So you're saying it doesn't? I, well, you no, know, no, no, no. If I'm it does, if it no, what's the I'm mechanism? What's the mechanism? Yeah. Because if it does, it must do it from COVID too, because the spike protein is all over your body when you have COVID. Well, this is not a naturally occurring spike protein that's generated from these shots, right? This is synthetic, so that it could be patented. Um, it's it's but, synthetic, so it can be recognized by the immune system as identical. Not entirely identical. You're right. It's just a binding site, but that site is identical. Okay. Well, you know, I again, I'm not a microbiologist or immunologist. Or, follow, yeah, I'll tell you what. Follow. Go engineer, take take right? your questions over. I, I'll tell you a good person to ask questions of is over on TikTok. Uh, this woman who runs an immunology business and is a PhD immunologist. Uh, her Twitter, her TikTok handle is at Laughter in Light. Uh, she'd be a great person for you to submit questions. She answers questions constantly, and uh, I'm sure she would have something. She and she is producing these these uh, technologies, so she could tell you exactly what she's doing and exactly where it's same or different. Um, laughter at laughter in light. I, I can't recommend it strongly enough. She she will interact with you. Okay. Okay. All great. Right, and and one one thing one thing I'm looking for uh, just one one other question or comment. I'm trying to find a person, a pro-COVID vaccine vax person um, in the San Jose area for May 29th to debate against uh, Dr. Judy Mikovits. So again, you could uh, also you could also uh, also follow at Dr. Nock, Doc D R N O C. He might he's somebody that also might be able to do that for you. Okay. 
Okay. All right. Good luck. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you. See, I, Thank I am all. I have no problem with what Jeff's doing. No problem. I am all for discourse and debate and interaction. I'm all for it. Uh, we need to respectfully listen to each other's ideas. Uh, Tanya, I'm calling you up here. And I know you sent me a little article. I've not been able to read it, of course, while I'm sitting here. Hi, Tanya. What's going on? Whoop, you there? You're muted. It always takes a minute. No, her mic is muted. It's specifically muted. Uh, how do you unmute your mic, Tanya? <laughs> There's probably... You somebody else up in the meantime. You can have more than one person. I, uh, there she... No. Tanya, I'm going to give her a chance, at least. Yeah. All right, you're still muted. I'm going to bring Eric up. Hi, Eric. What's going on? Drew. Hey, man. Hey, wanted to ask a question. Uh-oh. What happened? Hold on. Now you broke up, too. Uh, you this. Oh, can you hear me? I hear you again. Go ahead. There you go. Um, I've noticed this um, just kind of from talking to colleagues um, about how I feel like over the years there's been like an expansion in the definition of trauma and the things we categorize as traumatic. Yes. Um, I'm just curious, like, your thoughts on that, pros and cons around that. So, I definitely feel like there's been some benefits, particularly around like, yeah, like, uh, emotional abuse, neglect, yeah, yeah, things yeah. that like so, would not have so, gotten. So yeah. it's it's a <laughs> complicated landscape. We've we've also blended together adverse childhood experiences and trauma a little bit, right? The, mm, the whole sure. ACE score and trauma. Very commonly, people will use those as sort of interchangeable in some way, and in some cases, they are. Uh, I would just say, for me, the common experience that shatters the regulatory regulatory um, capacity of a young brain is right. powerlessness in the face of th of threat with not going forward. Like mm -hmm. something about their psychic or physical being is truly threatened. Right. That makes sense. Um, a. I think I was right. It might have been Jordan Peterson talking about like when you encounter something that's so I have no concept for how awful or how bad or how yes. powerless this thing might make me yes. feel. It kind of shatters the, um, you know, the brain's ability to, to process that and make sense of it, which we're particularly susceptible to when we're really little. So that makes sense. And that is the key. Um, that is, is the key. subjectivity to it, right? There's some what? Subjectivity? Yeah, yeah. The different, there was well, some constitutional Different factors. people are going to have a different um, experience. Ability to it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This is constitutional as well as subjective uh, strengths. But um, right. you said something about uh, what Jordan Peters says about going on being or shattering. Oh, I had something else. My COVID brain is really uh, acting up a bit shattering today. Shattering the. Uh, the regulatory the capacity. Oh, I know what I want to say. Uh, a yeah. good sign of that, a sign uh, that that's happening is dissociation. If, if a person okay. is, yeah. is feeling out of body, if they're hovering above, if they're looking through a tunnel, if they feel like they're in a dream, those are all dissociative symptoms. And if you're having dissociation in the face of an unpleasant experience, either that's now a problem and may become a, a yeah. dominant mechanism of uh, affect regulation or it's calling right. back from something from your past forward where you're more easily triggered to dissociation. Both are bad signs. <laughs> signs that you may need some help. Definitely. All that right. Baby is mimicking have you. you. Seen, <laughs> have you seen any um, uh, cons or drawbacks? I mean, I, I think there are many with over identifying as trauma and how would, how do you deal with that? Uh, 
give me, you're gonna have to be a little That's more a specific. Question, exactly. Yeah. You mean people um, be, well, here's, here's the, here's the, uh, let me just frame it and just say, yeah, we collectively, our collective uh, personality as a, as a country has moved from narcissism to histrionic. And histrionics. Right. And with that, everything is trauma. Everything and, and is every trauma. Every negative experience exactly. I have feels traumatic. It, I hear people say, I, I had this traumatic experience when I went to Starbucks. It's like, I get what you're saying, trauma. <laughs> and I think they know that that's not, but some people really believe that. But Eric, it's a really interesting thing that, that you're coming to that clinically where everything is trauma right at the time that the sort of... I don't want to call it collective consciousness so much as the collective, the predominant personality style has become histrionic. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is it is fascinating to me. Yeah. And, and it also suggests that I, I don't have a lot of experience treating histrionics. I'm not quite sure what we should do. It was always contain, contain, contain. And I guess it's yeah. the same thing. Contain, I mean, contain, and don't gratify. Gratifying right. did not, does not work. Mm. So it's interesting, right? Well, we're not we're not short on any gratification about that collectively these <sighs> days. I'm telling you, it's kind of a really well, interesting thing. I I, I hope it keeps yeah. on moving and ends up in dependency or something. Some other personality <laughs> getting out of the cluster <laughs> B a little more manageable. Bit. Right, yeah. Right. Right. All right, my friend. Um, all right. Well, just wanted to ask you about that. Thanks for kicking that around. Really interesting. Really interesting stuff. Uh, Tanya, I want to get you back again. I'm going to invite you up. I'm sorry, your car was making so much noise. I had to put you back in the audience. So you are inviting. There you are. What's going on, Tanya? Can you hear me okay? I do hear you okay. Great. Um, I just wanted to echo Joshua's sentiment and that you are exceptionally qualified to address uh, the homelessness condition in Los Angeles. And so please, I, I feel like as a longtime supporter, I know your heart and I, I encourage you to take the energy that Ken left on your show the other day and rechannel that energy into something that's gonna be amazing. Well, thank you. I, I do feel like there's time for a fresh start here. I just don't know. When you're in the middle of change, it's always hard to know where you are. You know what I mean? Right. And, uh, and your words of encouragement at, right now actually are really very meaningful to me. So I appreciate it. And uh, I know you're trained and you know what you're talking about. And I appreciate it very much. How's your work going? Uh, you know, actually, URM is one of the agencies that I, I work with pretty regularly. Um, I'm no longer working in that Spa 4 area that services Skid Row, uh -huh. but I did for for about three years. Yep. So I'm very familiar with, you know, what's the going on. Conditions. Yeah. Right. What, what do you think about the judge's order coming up to, to give temporary or some sort of housing to everybody there? Uh, you know... I struggle with this as 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 a professional social worker, um, especially uh, as an NASW member. You know, we look to our code of ethics. So, on one hand, I'm an advocate for assisting the homeless. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, I also look at client self determination. Mm -hmm. And so, I know that you're a huge advocate for mental health intervention, mm -hmm. um, support, motivation. Treatment. Motivational right. I, I completely agree. And, and that's the idealist in me who is a helper. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I, I, I've been in the role where you are working harder than the client. Well, it's a, that happens a lot. <laughs> I know that's, you're, that's sort of um, not necessarily a good place to be in terms of what the probability is going to be of success. But I've been there a lot. <laughs> 
And uh, it, 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 if you have a structure around you or a team, you, you can make that work. That you can't do it as a single solo practitioner. But if you're working hard with a team that, uh, you know, it's, it's a, a cohesive unit motivating people, it can still work. It can still work. It's in my experience. Uh, you know, I am an idealist, so I 100% agree. And I'm like all about a team effort. Um, but there are some clients who are just not, they're not ready. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and yet, because th that makes them tr treatment resistant, right? And part of treatment resistance is block and insight or anisognosia. And those are people that should still not be allowed to deteriorate on the streets. There should be something... Again, I, I know my patients, the addict patients, if you just go, hey, hey, let's go, come over here. They go, they will go. If you if you ask addicts to do something, they will do it uh, for the most part. They may resist, they may make, you know, make noise, but they'll, they'll do it. If, if, there's, if you're saying, hey, you can't use the heroin here, you can use it over here, let's go. They'll do it, they'll go. Um, and then once you have them, you can start really working on motivation and try to get them better. That's sort of my thing. Um, but so we'll, I guess we will see uh, we, we need a whole lot of people on a big continuum of care, though. That's the other thing that bothers me. It doesn't feel like there's a continuum of care out there, is there? I think right now what we need to focus on in a macro um, context is policy reform. And you talk a lot about it mm -hmm. in terms of conservatorship yep. for people who struggle with, you know, homelessness, yep. substance abuse, yep. mental health. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how things play out going forward. And yeah, you know, I told uh, Catherine Barger when she offered me this position, I was like, you know, I'm really not interested in, it's, it sounds unpleasant to me, but uh, but I guess I would learn something, but I'm interested in changing the laws so people like Tanya can do her job. That, that's what I am interested in. So, so, yes, I'm with you on that. All right, my dear, good to talk to you. You too. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks. Bye. Oh, she said bye, Susan. Bye, Tanya. She's been a fan of yours for decades. Long time. And now she's a well-trained she professional. A, yeah, she did it because of you. Well, she's amazing. Excellent, excellent. Uh, if you're in the audience here, we are. you can raise your hand and I'll bring you up to the microphone. But uh, if you do raise your hand, you are agreeing to be on a YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, and uh, Periscope stream simultaneously with the uh, clubhouse, if that is okay for you. Uh, correlation between legalizing drugs and homelessness. Um you know, cosmic dream that yes, there's no doubt about that. Um, that it there is an association between not just legalizing drugs, but legalizing trafficking and legalizing stealing just to pursue uh, your drug habit. Of course, of course, uh, that creates a problem. Now, I am not interested in criminalizing drug addicts, I'm interested in drug addicts being brought to treatment so they don't die. Uh, so there you go. We're going to take a little break, uh, and be back in about a couple minutes. So hang tight. Well, I too have struggled with GI issues over the years. I have something called Lynch syndrome. So gut health is extremely important to me. And while gut health awareness has increased, it's led to a wellness trend that's inspired a host of questionable marketing and some false claims. Now you've seen the word probiotic attached to all kinds of supplements, drinks, even more. They may claim to deliver the healthy microorganisms our gut needs for proper function, but all too often the promises are in fact too good to be true. Thankfully, I became aware of a company called Seed and their flagship product, the Daily Symbiotic. Seed's Daily Symbiotic offers 24 clinically researched strains of microorganisms in a single dose. These strains support gut health and can improve regularity and relieve bloating, sometimes within as little as 24 to 48 hours. 
To me, what really sets Seed's Daily Symbiotic apart is the delivery system. While some products may offer the right strains, they're fragile, they rarely survive the trip through the gut, doesn't get where it needs to go, but Seed uses a capsule in-capsule design that helps ensure the probiotic reaches your colon, which is where they often are needed. I've been taking Seed's Daily Symbiotic, and I really encourage you to check out their story and the science behind what they do. To try it for yourself, just go to seed.com slash Dr. Drew. Use code Dr. Drew 20 for 15% off your first month of Daily Symbiotic. That is S-E-E-D.com slash Dr. Drew. Use code Dr. Drew 20. Anyone who's watched me over the years knows that I'm obsessed with Hydrolyte. In my opinion, the best oral rehydration product on the market. I literally use it every day. My family uses it. When I had COVID, I'm telling you, Hydrolyte contributed to my recovery, kept me hydrated. Now, with things finally reopening back around the country, the potential exposure to the common cold is always around. And like always, Hydrolyte has got your back. Hydrolyte Plus Immunity, my new favorite, starts with their fast-absorbing electrolytes and adds a host of great ingredients. Plus, each single-serving easy-pour drink mix contains 1,000 milligrams of vitamin C, 300 milligrams of elderberry extract, Hydrolyte Plus Immunity comes in convenient, easy-to-pour sticks that rapidly dissolve in water, make a great-tasting drink, has 75% less sugar than your typical sports drink, uses all-natural flavors, gluten-free, dairy-free, caffeine-free, non-GMO, and even vegan. Hydrolyte Plus Immunity is also now available in ready-to-drink bottles at the Walmart next to the pharmacy, or as always, you can find it by visiting hydrolyte.com slash drdrew. Again, that is H-Y-D-R-A-L-Y-T-E dot com slash D-R-D-R-E-W. Be sure to use the code DrDrew25 for a special discount. I am so grateful for our friends at Blue Microphones. Not only have they completely changed what our show sounds like, they've given me headphones so I can monitor things better. This is the mic for millions of creative people, and now I know why. I'm so grateful for them completely changing the quality of our audio. You'll find Blue Mics like Yeti and the mouse, which we're using here, both in pro studios and home studios all literally all over the world. Their popular Yeti caster is a blue Yeti microphone plus a boom arm system that's behind many of your favorite podcasts. I see run into them all the time and now I know why. If you've ever thought about creating your own podcast or YouTube channel, Blue can make you sound and look great. Just visit bluemic.com and click get started and you can start telling your story. All right, we are back. I'm watching you guys on the restream, and we have, of course, our friends over on Clubhouse. So I'm going to pull up uh, Derek right now. Uh, whoops, let me see if I can get him on here. The the the, uh, the Clubhouse app is kind of weird with the touchiness. Derek, what's up? Doctor Drew, how are you, man? Hey, buddy, what's happening? Hey, not a lot. Long time listener, big YMH guy. Uh, thanks for bringing us through the pandemic. I listened to your restreams throughout the winter your uh calming voice in the storm here thank, thank you. you so much that was definitely my goal to, to try to calm the panic board man i try to make yeah. sense of things and the the panic uh is always makes things worse yeah and, and and for example i was back in iowa i live in california now but with my parents and stuff so listening to that you know i think it, it allowed us to be a lot safer just hearing kind of some tips and with Good. the community here. Oh, anyway, I think this Caitlyn Jenner thing is very interesting. The governor was down in Big Sur today, and and again, he didn't, didn't want to comment on it. It's interesting um, to me to see how they position themselves, because if they say anything negative about Caitlyn Jenner, they can be accused of being transphobic. Right. That's yeah. fascinating. That's fascinating to me. 
Yeah, and I, and I think it's such a big name. He's probably kind of shaking in his boots. I think anyone would be better at this point. But yep. what do you think? Are we going to open up in June here? And I, I live in the Bay Area. and man, You know, I think, I, yeah, I, I don't know how to answer that. They, they seem to be so into their lockdowns. They just love it. Um, that, you know, we're supposed to be opening in June. I, I know that, uh, if you saw that interview I did with Dr. Gandhi, she was hoping that the mask mandate goes away on June 18th. Not that we never wear masks, but that the mandate go away. Yeah. Um, it I would be interesting. interesting. Too, because it seems like they'll, they'll put a news article out with Monica Gandhi, and then she's got another voice at UCSF that's saying masks forever, and she's saying this is, <laughs> this is crazy outdoors. Wow. And it's interesting. It is, um, it is. Let's be let's be super clear. There is I mean, just look at Texas Stadium when the Major League Baseball season opened up. There was what thirty five thousand people in that stadium? Not right. one not one transmission. So at least in that little population, it was zero out of thirty five thousand. And in formal studies, I've seen two out of seven thousand outdoor transmission, and that one uh, two person transmission occurred in a situation where people were standing talking face to face for a long period of time. So right. mask mandate out of doors just defies all available science. Yeah, and let me put one more thing in perspective. You know, I'm a working professional during the day. Um, make a decent living, but I work at, at night in a restaurant for fun and extra money for the weekend and stuff like that. You know, the government shutting everything down, they don't think about people that work a second job to to make, you know, the money to pay these taxes in California. Oh, please. Like yeah, so, I mean, the, the, the California, uh, the, this feeling I have about Cal being a citizen of California is that you're carrying the state on your back. It's just right. I, I thought the state was supposed to enhance the well-being of the citizen and support their endeavors and, and their productivity. This is the exact opposite in California. Exact opposite. It's weird. Isn't it weird? Yeah, it's it's uh, you know, and, and all those folks that I worked with, I work with, you know, professional service. They they've been out of work mm. for that long. I asked the guy the other day, I said, Hey, what'd you do during the whole pandemic? He's like, I just sat at home, man. Ugh, oh, I feel I just feel terrible. I, I don't know how these guys live with themselves. I in my mind, I just keep thinking about all the business around Disneyland. You know, hundreds oh, of thousands yeah. of people's lives and livelihoods and businesses all destroyed. And then like, yeah, you know, whatever. Enjoy yourself. It's like, yeah. it's just a business. It's just a business. Like, what? Well, and then it appears that things are getting back to normal, but they're really not. Because I was just in Las Vegas last weekend, and, you know, the casino floors are a little bustly. But, you know, if you get up the top decks where all these stores and little restaurants, they're still all closed. They don't yeah. have, there's no one coming out, you know. That's a shame. But, yeah, and then I was just going to mention, I did get the Pfizer vaccine. I got the double dose. Right I didn't on. have any side effects. Well so. done. I'm moving on, man. But, <laughs> Move forward. Uh, run for governor, save us, Dr. Drew. Well, so I think, uh, what do you feel about Caitlin? Any, any feelings one way or another? Well, I, I, I like, the, I don't know much about her. We'll, we'll hear what her policies are going forward. That'll be interesting, right? Yeah, and, you know, all this woke stuff can go. I mean, we need to be fiscally responsible and get this state out of the muck that it's in and it, I just think those... it's just to me is get the state off the back of the Californians. I, I mean, just yeah. even the gas, how about that gas tax? Imagine you're a construction worker and you're having to haul around heavy, heavy building equipment and you've got a Ford pickup truck, get 10 miles the gallon. You're, you're done just with the gas tax. 
Right. And keep in mind, they're canceling uh, gas powered leaf blowers here in the Bay Area. So, well, they, they putting... did that here too, but there was zero enforcement. So they go on. Yeah. They go on. That's another thing. It's, you got to enforce these things and yeah. they don't have the manpower to do it. Well, uh, it, they, let's just put it this way if they enforce it, it's racist. Oh, that, exactly. that that's why it's not being enforced so they don't do it yeah. so yeah. good good don't do it uh all right my friend talk to all you right. soon all right good talking to you all right. so much bye -bye. You thank you right, bye. and if anybody in the audience wants to uh speak here you can raise your hand i'll bring you up and uh much like al in a second uh and just to uh, reiterate that if you do come up to the microphone you will be streamed on youtube twitter twitch and uh periscope uh, al what's going on or let's see if he comes up here. Oh, didn't work. Try it again. There you are. Hello, Dexter. Hey, what's happening? <laughs> it's all right. I actually don't live in America, so... Um, Fascinated. Tell me more. Yeah, Where are you? Where are you? I live in Iran, which is a weird place to be uh, at this time because... Like uh, we, we aren't even... We don't even have the vaccines yet, so... They're going to start vaccinating in, I think, seven months, and people are dying left and right. So it's kind of... Oh, really... I'm so sorry to hear that. What what, what vaccine are they going to get? Um, they started talking about a vaccine that they're going to... Um, I think they they were going to like make their own vaccine, but nobody's buying that. They're oh, like, boy. please buy like vaccines from other countries. Uh, so I think it's going to be the one from Russia. Um, yeah, the Sputnik. The Sputnik, yeah. So, but yeah, but it's really scary. People are still uh, supposed to be at home and nothing's really moving on yet. How, how do you, how does the economy function with that kind of shutdown and, and no sort of end in sight? Uh, it's it, It's been dysfunctional for, for a long time. And as you know, like... Uh, uh, like anything that was on the verge of being destroyed, like Corona just pushed it over the edge. So mm -hmm. I think the whole country is kind of, we're kind of on the edge before it came and it's kind of really bad now. And our New Year is uh, uh, in the first day of spring. Mm -hmm. And our whole thing is like meeting relatives and going out and like it's really... Uh, do you but, think that's going to happen or, or can you even do that? Is it, it being, it did happen. Uh. It did happen. And like, th th that's why things are getting really bad because like people were, were, were done with the, uh, um, quarantine. So they went all out and going to like, mm. uh, see their relatives and going to other places. So yeah, it's kind of, oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, wow. That but, is uh rough, my friend. Is, is there, Anything you can do it as, as a citizen, or are you just sort of at the mercy of the situation? Um, just staying home and putting on a mask. I don't. I don't know what to what else to do. But like, people, most people here don't get that luxury to stay home because, like, uh, I feel like like um, people weren't really making too much money on the internet yet. Everything was real uh, kind of. Uh, I don't know. So are you, yeah, are you hard. being, are you being uh, silenced in some way? Can you, can you, you know, put the story out on Instagram and that kind of thing of what, what you're seeing? Um, 
I, 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 this is like, I don't know, but most uh, Persian inf- influencers in America, I don't know why they, because I, I see these rooms in Clubhouse uh, and like Lex Friedman, a lot of uh, uh, American podcasters hang out uh, most of the, their times in Persian um, rooms, but like they, they, they don't really talk about what's going on here. Uh, is that because they they're, is that the, because they're here and they just don't know? Um, I don't know, I, but I feel like there it's, it's been a, I don't know what you call it. It's a, a shadow ban from, uh, any medium. People don't really talk about what's going on. And most of the people who they interact with are persons who live outside of Iran. Right, so right. They don't really know what's going on C- here. Caleb, uh, Caleb, come in here on the mic. He, he was shaking his head vigorously when you said the shadow banning. Yeah, it, it makes sense, especially which country did you say you're from? Iran. Iran. Yeah, I was actually looking up right now to see the statistics for Iran. And yeah, yeah it would make sense that certain governments would not want the information to be out there. So then they would start shadow banning the information when you try and post it. I am so sorry, my friend. I, I you know, uh, I, I'm sure, uh, boy, I don't want to get into the politics of it. But uh, the fact that humans are suffering is is awful, awful. Yeah, I hope it, it gets better soon. I hope. Please. Well, please don't be silent about it, and te- you know, put take videos, tell stories, put it out there. I mean, this is the one thing that social media can do, right? True. Like talking to you was, I couldn't even dream about it, and so it's it's a huge step forward. Thank well, you. Well, I'm glad we connected. Me. Please uh, don't be a stranger. Uh, you know, get out there on Twitter. I'll you know tag me. I'll follow you and. Uh, I, I don't know. I, did you spend time here in this country? Your English is so perfect. Oh, thank you very much. No, I actually haven't. I just, uh, uh, I have a lot of friends. I've been on, um, I like comedy, so I've, I've been okay. following a lot of comedians. <laughs> and I hang, hang out on like comedy store, uh, oh, wow. Discord servers. So we kind of write jokes together, even though I don't live there. So I, I know a couple of open micers. In the Can you store escape? Too. Can you come over here? I hope. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I hope I could, but right. it's kind of weird. There's this show out. called 90 Day Fiance where they bring people over. They find guys. They find, be one of those guys and come on over. Find an older woman. Yeah, I might, uh, I might have to start putting mayonnaise in my head or something. Oh, <laughs> so, so basically, I mean, while he's waiting for the vaccine, he just needs to follow the protocol. Yeah, because there's no the treatment either. There's no treatment. You can't get the treatment. It's just he's a young man. Thank yeah. God he'll be fine, all probability. But his family but still, you gotta worry like about. still, like the zinc we, and the quercetin. Do you still you can, believe in all that stuff? Yeah, if you can get it, he's. This is. He, they are in dire straits. So yeah, five thousand of D, thousand of C, fifty of zinc. Not bad ideas. But that's on the margin, right? These are things on the margin. And wear a mask or two masks. Wear a mask, but but I'm sure he's worried about his whole family, right? Oh, this is sure. not just himself. Uh, Caleb, you put some doubt up there. What was that? so scary that yeah. it's still that. These are the daily change of cases in Iran. What are we up to there? 20,000 yeah, a day? 24,000 new cases. That was the most recent one from- and Do we know if that's history. accurate even? That's from Google. So I, yeah. I'm not yeah. 100% so you're in a big sure. Yeah, it's what they're putting out. So it's you never know what's yeah. really going on. <laughs> right. All right, my friend. You got a lot of fans so over here. Scary. Good luck. Thank you very much, Doctor. Right. Thank you for you, bringing me up. You bet, buddy. Of course. <laughs> it was an honor. Pleasure's mine. Uh, 
Okay. Hey, guys on the audience here, if you uh, have any questions, anything you want to say, you can raise your hand. I'll bring you up to the microphone. Um, LG Health and Beauty says vitamin D is most important. Yeah, vitamin D is important whether or not we have a COVID outbreak or not. So there you go. Um, that the, the vitamin D is actually associated with reduced uh, metastatic disease if you have certain cancers like prostates or associated with reduced cancer generally. So it's a good thing. Um, Casey, who is the main mommy you'd like me to bring in, my friend? Uh, <laughs> let's see, Brandy. Mm, I'm trying to read your stuff here. Okay, and I'm going to scroll back through the restream because I've not seen what you guys were talking about. I've been busy with our callers. Uh, somebody had a question about the Sputnik. Are they going to get the Sputnik, Andrew asked, and that's what they say they're going to probably do. We don't know. They all said they're going to make their own. So, okay. Uh, what's the difference between D and D3? D3 is what you want to take. You know, vitamin, you you know, there's 125-dihydroxy vitamin D, and that's essentially created with your gut and with, and with uh, a sunshine input on your skin, and that's the active form of the virus. And uh, D3 is the one that gets most, um, there you can actually take a more, even a more active, a higher dose form. It's a prescription strength of 50,000 units, but it's kind of a different thing, so... Uh, that's if you have truly uh, deficient in vitamin D or have trouble absorbing vitamin D, which is not an uncommon thing these days, by the way. Uh, let's see, Zed. Hi, Zed, what's going on there? Hey, Drew, what's going on? Uh, not that much. We're just kind of chatting with folks. What, you have any thoughts? Yeah, so um, you and I talked last time, but um, I just wanted to say that Oregon went back up to high risk in a lot of um, counties, and uh, which I find extremely odd because, you know, I'm, um, uh, you know, I'm 24, but now I can get my vaccine. I'm going to get it on May 7th. So um, I just don't understand the correlation with, uh, you know, a lot of people getting the vaccine and then we're going back into high risk. I just it just doesn't uh, make any sense. I'm looking at the data here. California is now the lowest in the country, lowest state, which is weird. Um, Oregon is heading back up. Let me find some data on Oregon if I can. Uh, wild. Daily and total trends. Blah, blah, blah. Here we go. Compare across states and regions. Here we go. Hmm. Most people are heading downward. And again, we still. And what is it they're requiring you to do now? I think it's just like... Um, you know, everything was opening up and then now things like restaurants can only be at like 25%. It's just like, we're not going full lockdown, but we're I like see. going greatly reduced. Careful. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's an interesting question. I, I, my, my beef was with the complete lockdown because it was locking people indoors where they were transmitting the disease. A, a sort of uh, distancing, uh, makes some sense to me in the sense that it's a reminder of what we need to do to keep a, keep vigilant about staying apart from each other and wearing our masks and that kind of stuff. That I don't mind so much. I have to tell you that I, I don't mind that. What I would mind is if they then went to, okay, that's it, you have to stay home. That That's when you get into sort of territory that doesn't make much sense. And it's also, it's so profoundly impactful on people's lives and mental health. That, again, that's where I uh, have real problem with it. So hopefully... Things will change direction. Uh, I am trying to pull Oregon up right now. Let me see if I can get Oregon on my list of states. One second. Uh, hold on. The CDC has this crazy site where you have to can only put in a few states at a time. And so I'm putting Oregon in. I'm updating. Let's see what we got. Hmm. 
it didn't take. I didn't. It didn't come in. Oh, maybe now Oregon. No. Are you looking for Oregon COVID cases? Yeah, you have that up. Yeah, I can sure put it up on the I screen. Get it up here. Yeah, I mean, what that's, are you using what to find data? I'm just curious. We're uh, I don't. What are you using? Uh, I was using the CDC. You just did it Google. Yeah, I just did it yeah. on Google. It says the source is New York yeah. Times. Yeah, uh, it doesn't look that bad. I mean, What's it's going the, the wrong that direction. Joe uses he uses like a lawyer guy. How, how is the how is the vaccine uh, rollout going in Oregon? Um, I mean, uh, people 16 and up are now getting it. And uh, from my understanding, you know, everyone I know, you know, my brother's uncle's brother's girlfriend, you know what I mean? Like everyone's either has it or is getting it, you know, so. But but my, yeah. my question is, is the state doing a good job of distributing it? Because in other words, rather than um, locking down, how about they double down on the distribution of the vaccine? Right. That's my, <laughs> that's what I would say. You yeah. Know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So I, I hope they yeah. do better. I, I again, I I, it, I worry about the variants. I worry about this the uh, sort of the state running amok. I mean, there's a lot of things to worry about right now. Why is my dog freaking out, Susan? I don't know. Uh, Samantha says they vaccinated 1.5 million. Is that in Oregon? What's this? What many people live in Oregon? Uh, can we look that up? Hang on one second. Working out and no mask restaurants are packed. Where is that, Janie? Oregon has 4.2 million people. So if they got 1.5 out, that's doing pretty well, if that's true. Uh, tests are BS, false positive, overwhelming, real positive. What's the point of fake tests? It's not that simple. Uh, having a moment of clarity, turn it, uh, it was overwhelming. Uh-oh. Uh, Steve Killer, that is called the mania. I don't know if you were doing drugs or anything, but uh, be very, very careful with those sorts of symptoms. Um Okay, do you feel the lockdown that there would be less suicides and overdoses? Absolutely. Absolutely, Kelly Gallagher. Kelly Gallagher, there is there the, the impact on the development of eight to fifteen year olds, the social and cognitive development of all children who were locked away from school, the telling children that they were gonna kill their grandmother if they didn't wear a mask, the isolation of elderly people and everybody, the isolation, and the use of alcohol and substances in response to the seemingly hopelessness of this situation has been profound has been absolutely profound. Uh, let's not mince words. And the effects of this are unknown. I I think I mentioned, was it in this show earlier? No, I, on a speech I gave this morning, I was saying I'm an optimist uh, and that perhaps it will be the case that these 18, 15-year-olds that have been so profoundly affected by this, this but the, not just the pandemic, but the policies of the government in response to the pandemic, uh, that that would... Um, maybe one day give them some motivation to do something positive, some sort of change. So I'm eternal optimist on all of this. <clears throat> okay, let me see. Uh, guys, I'm going to have to wrap up this uh, clubhouse room. I appreciate you all being here. Uh, it, was a, it was a really interesting conversation with great questions, but I'm going to wrap this up right now. I have dogs going insane, so I, <laughs> they won't let us speak no matter what I wish. So we will see you at a future clubhouse um, uh, certainly next week, uh, we will be in New York doing these streams, and we will definitely use uh, Clubhouse at that time. So, again, this app is weirdly touching on my phone. Thank you, guys. Um, back to the restream. Uh, I'm with you guys still. Uh, do I think people's reaction to the vaccine correlates how badly they had COVID? Amanda, there is some evidence of that. Um, and some of that may be the fact that people respond badly to the spike protein or the virus. And so when you get exposed to it again with the vaccine, that there's just a more exaggerated response. Um, I have a bad response to viruses and vaccines, no matter what the cause is. So I, I knew that was going to happen to me. Uh, Anthony Brown, what's going on, buddy? I see you there. 
Uh, not many people are acknowledging the ramifications of this pandemic. I know that. You're right. Uh, but it is profound. Okay, Rain says, Brett Weinstein had an interview that called into the question of the vaccine subverting innate immunity. Yeah, no, uh, there's really no evidence for that. These are all worthy theories, all the theories about accelerating the pathogenesis of, uh, of uh, vaccine-resistant uh, viruses, worthy of looking into. Also, sub subjugation of innate immunity, worth looking into. People ha are looking into it. No evidence. No evidence of that. So if that were really happening, we would see evidence of that. So um, evidence that the vaccine prevents transmission. Cosmos, categorically. I mean, massively, massively so. Um, there's overwhelming. Again, follow all of you. I recommend in the strongest terms. Follow Dr. Nock over on TikTok and follow at Laughter in Light. At D-R-N-O-C and at Laughter in Light. L-I-G-H-T. Susan, are you okay? You're we're looking dog I think they're in the back there, I think. All right. Uh, yes, Patty Ford, the dogs do want my attention. Uh, no, there's a guy in the backyard. I'm wondering if brain inflammation due to the aftermath. I'm feeling CFS symptoms. Uh, yes, Caroline Renee. Uh, for sure, we know, you know, Doctor. You look, follow Dr. Patterson and Dr. Yod. Yo, Dr. Yod. Y-O, Dr. Yod. Doctor spilled out. Uh, and they have lots of data about brain inflammation following COVID. That's part of the, that's part of the uh, long hauler syndrome. And I had that for sure improved with fluvoxamine in my case. Uh, anyone take an antidepressant or anxiety medication after been sober from meth? Uh, listen, do not take uh, anxiety, don't take benzodiazepines under any circumstances. You can take gabapentin, Neurontin. Uh, antidepressants, I will tell you, you will respond if you're having mood disturbances and particularly memory dis disturbances coming, coming off meth. My experience, Wellbutrin has been efficacious for that group. Um, do I think we'll see another COVID event in our lifetime? Probably. Well, depends on how long you have to live. If you're in your 20s, yeah, probably. Uh, they're roughly every 10 to 15 years, you get some sort of pandemic. Uh, but now we're going to have a different technology in response to it. Our vaccine technologies le leapt forward in this present outbreak. What are my thoughts on vaccine passports? Uh, look, uh, my feeling of vaccine passports are, I don't care. I, I'm sort of in favor of them. Why do I care if I have to hold a card out that I pull out of my wallet or scan a QR code? I don't care. They are they are demanding so much of us to move about already. I don't draw the line at the vaccine passport. I worry that the vaccine passport is going to create an outgroup. And in fact, I'm already in that outgroup. I tried to get a vaccine out, a passport to try to sign up for it in New York. I'm going to New York next week. I can't get it because I took my vaccine in California. So I'm in the out group. What are Wait, we doing? Drew, it's what a great opportunity everybody? to use this. What's that? Oh yeah, <laughs> this is the time to do it. Yeah, I and I did. I gave a tweet last week that people went ape shit over for no reason. We were just asking, how do you feel about it? That's all we were asking about. Uh, and particularly it was for me because other countries were mandating that I take the vaccine. I took the vaccine and then I couldn't even get into the in group in New York because I took the vaccine in California. And we live. We, we spent a lot of time in New York. That's right. We're property holders in New York. Yeah. We do I think we'll taxes. need a vaccine booster every one. year? Uh, yes, I do think there will be boosters for a while. I do think so. So in any event, I it's you know this is weird time, everybody. Be, beyond weird, um, and so creating more outgroups or segregated groups, that's always a concern for me. What what does that mean? And people need to think that through. Again, we have a government that's out of control right now in terms of their hand into our personal materials, our personal um, freedoms, and our personal uh, HIPAA-type uh, 
records. You know, they want them all. And uh, okay. It could I be mean, worse. We could be in Iran. Right. We could be in Iran. We could be like Al. That was worse. That is worse. Uh, what are the downsides of taking second dose of Pfizer if I had severe COVID? Uh, Leopold, how'd you react to the first one? Downsides of taking, it's really downsides of not taking it. Um, quarantine facilities when you travel, um, that's in very few places, Mark, now, or not in everywhere anyway. What are the downsides? Second dose. I know. I see you, Leopold. What, what, how was the first one? Uh, if you did okay with the first one, I think the second one would be okay. I do. Uh, vitamin D3, because what the skin makes is when exposed to the sun. That is correct. Uh, most studies show effective to raise blood levels of cholecalciferol over, over D2. That is correct. That's why you take vitamin D and not D3 and not uh, a, a D2. Uh, does weed cause mania? Um, Steve, you know, wax does. I've seen wax do that. Um, and also hallucinations. Yes, I've seen that too, Steve. Uh, Leopold had bad reaction to the first dose. So this is a real conundrum, isn't it, my friend? So there is data that shows that you can take, you got to talk to your doctors over at Kaiser about this. There's certainly evidence that you can take one vaccine and do well. Uh, and you, you, I've seen your antibody profile and you're in that moderate category. So if I were you, not your doctor, but if I were you, I would be anxious to take that second. I personally, as a, as a patient, would be anxious to take that second vaccine to get the full benefit. That would be me. Um, again, if, if I had your antibody profile and I had a bit nasty reaction to the first vaccine, I think I would bear down and get ready for the second vaccine and set aside three days and take it. Personally, that's what I would do. If I would your, it was your doctor, um, I would have a hard time advising you to take it because when, you, when, when you're making somebody sick, that's very difficult to do. It's very difficult. But uh, as a fellow patient, somebody with moderate COVID who had a bad vaccine reaction. Um, yeah, interesting. Cindy Lou, I do think Novavax will get approved. I do. And that's another whole new technology. It's going to be very interesting. All right, everybody. Thank you all for being here. We're going to be away across the weekend. Uh, Susan, not back till Tuesday. Is that right? Susan Pinsky? Uh, you know what? We may have that guy tomorrow that you... Oh, uh, we're going to get Paul Webster in here tomorrow. I beg your maybe, pardon. Uh, so hopefully we can get Paul Webster in here tomorrow, which yeah. will be nice. Uh, he's a... I was he's trying a, to get him on, to come on the... Um, on the clubhouse? Yeah. Just he's a coalition him. builder. He he builds, you know, groups of people to get them together to uh, do good work, to try to help people. And he's trying to help the homeless thing right now. And uh, I want to address him about coalition building and about collaboration and why we can't do that anymore. Why we can't, people can't seem to do that. That is absolutely insane. So hopefully tomorrow afternoon around this time, we will do the same. Uh, we'll visit with you guys and I'll interview uh, Paul Webster. And until then, uh, I hope the rest of the day goes well. Ask Dr. Drew is produced by Caleb Nation and Susan Pinsky. This is just a reminder that the discussions here are not a substitute for medical care or medical evaluation. This is purely for educational and entertainment purposes. I'm a licensed physician with over 35 years of experience, but this is not a replacement for your personal physician, nor is it medical care. If you or someone you know is in immediate danger, don't call me. Call 911. If you're feeling hopeless or suicidal, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255 anytime, 24-7, for free support and guidance. You can find more of my recommended organizations and helpful resources at drdrew.com help.